brothers and sisters <clears throat> sometimes i do feel uh, embarrassed when all these kind and beautiful words which inevitably friends say and i only remember two lines of tujendra lal roy uh, must have heard about him tomar karma tumi karoma loke bole kari ami so uh, when we look at life from the the standpoint of the vastness there are two ways of looking at life from very small narrow perspective and when we look at life from the standpoint of vastness it changes so many things nothing much is really required but to just look at life from this vast unpartitioned view there is a beautiful line in savitri he abode at rest in indivisible time when we look at large perspective we'll come to that as we move along i have been uh, asked to address a few things particularly but let's see how it goes but as i was standing below um, upstairs and i heard the prayer below which i'm sure all of you do in the morning it's a prayer given by the mother uh, make of us the hero warriors we aspire to become something which is so much needed for all ages in all times make of us the hero warriors we aspire to become we want to become doctors engineers bureaucrats politicians how about becoming hero warriors what is this uh, becoming a hero warrior hero is not somebody who takes a sword and brandishes anybody can do that it requires courage truthfulness tremendous quality i think if we just pick up one quality quality of truth quality of courage there is a very beautiful aphorism of shirobindo where he says that courage and faith are the only two indispensable qualities if we have that it can build anything rebuild even after a crash faith and courage love is the only indispensable virtue what about evil so he says that selfishness and meanness are the only sins and yet i find them so universal shrivinda says that these two must be he says selfishness and meanness are the only sins i find difficult to pardon and yet they are so universal that we should let it be because that's how so where does it all stem from selfishness meanness the number one problem in the world is not corona is fear born out of selfishness meanness and selfishness and meanness are born out of a lack of courage we shrink and we want to just think only in a very small frame there is a very powerful line there are many powerful lines in the upanishads one of them which is my favorite is uh, who is a person who has realized the self who knows truth in all its totality and the sign there are several signs given one of them is tato na vijugupsate he shrinks from nothing this was the ancient beautiful culture that was nourished in this most wonderful the whole of india is a punya bhumi 
that we know today is India, Jambudweep, Aryavarth, Bharat Bhumi. And in this Bhumi, I am so happy to stand in the Punya Bhumi of the Punya Bhumi. Just as the Renaissance of Europe was worked out in France, similarly the Renaissance of India was worked out in Bengal. We should be very, very proud of it. If you look at it, the entire, uh, all the awakening, the reformation, the spiritual movement, as if tremendous Shakti was flowing. Whether we could contain that Shakti or not is a different story. One has to be very strong to bear the descent of that mighty Ganges, Bhagirathi, which comes all the way pacing to the southern seas. How powerful! You see, that's why Bengal, because we are, we should look things in a total context, not just one little school with one little. The school is located in this Pune Bhumi. To start with Kolkata itself, we know that. Land blessed by Shurabindo's presence, a land blessed by, you know, yesterday this was my feeling, oh, I have come to my father's place. And the feeling that, look here, you know, how he would have lived, moved. What a beautiful thing it is. Just to imagine, Sri Ramakrishna Paramahans, Swami Vivekananda, Raja Ram Mohan Roy, of course, Rabindranath Tagore, you name it. And what a powerful, these magnets were who drew this Bankim Chand Chatterjee. Sarachand, I mean, one after another. And this land, beautiful sacred land, is in a larger context, which is India. One would love to die a hundred times and be born a hundred one times in India. I have been all over the world to every continent except Antarctica. Antarctic. <laughs> That's my secret wish to be in Antarctica once. <laughs> and I can tell you everything else you can get everywhere. But there is something you get only and only and only in India. In fact, we get it with a mother's milk. We are born with it. We have stopped valuing it. The power of faith. The value of surrender to the divine. The sense of sacredness. We are just born with it. You don't have to tell a person that, you know, take your chapels out and go inside. Automatically, all these things are inbuilt within us. This is such a blessing to be in India. Yes, there are challenges. Challenges are for the great and the mighty. Weaklings are not given challenges of life. They are in kindergarten of these great school of God. But those who are born to rise to greatness, are not afraid of challenges. They take challenges. Look at the life of Pandavas. Who had more challenges? Duryodhana and his clout or the Pandavas? So when challenges come, don't start feeling, oh my God, why has God done this to me? Say, God has done this to me because he believes in me. Once in one of the schools, there was a child who asked me, around your age after a talk sir I don't believe in God I said don't worry God believes in you that's why you are here <laughs> whether you believe in God or not is actually irrelevant I mean faith is something much deeper but he believes in you <laughs> so he has brought you here 
And then I asked, what is, what is that God you don't believe in? That the God who punishes, who, you know, tortures, torments. I said, we are on the same page and in the same boat. I too don't believe in such a God. What is the God you believe in? He said, a God who is all kind, loving. I said, add a few more things. So, a few more things. I said, yes, so again we are in the same page. <laughs> but who told you that God punishes and God, you know, all these conceptions? Because from the standpoint of God, there is nothing else but Himself. Would He punish Himself? Sounds very strange, isn't it? <laughs> from that perspective, you see, from the Upanishadic perspective. To come back to our story, India is the land of lands. And I want all of us to feel happy about it, proud about it. But it's not enough just to be proud about it. It means a great responsibility. See, when you are given this Bhim's Gada, Sri writes in Bande Matram, or you are given a treasure which is too invaluable, priceless, then one has to rise to the responsibility and the occasion. I think some of us may have seen the movie or at least heard about the movie Kashmir Files. People often ask me, why did this happen to them? I said, precisely because Kashmir was the hub of treasures. All the sacred treasures, it was a confluence at one point of time of Vedanta, Tantra, Shakt, different lines of Tantra, not just one. Buddhism, the Jewish and Christian stream, they all met in that place. Sufism, it was the hub of that it was a really a meeting point. Like the head is the meeting point of different currents. So as the head of India, it was the meeting point. But to guard a treasure, you have to be strong. So hero warriors. You can't be given a treasure and you one sleeps over it. So there was a rude awakening. Sometimes the divine does that. He sends Rudra to wake us up. <laughs> like Lakshmana had gone to Sugriv. Wake up, wake up, O untimely slumberer. So he woke us up. That's how one should look at life. So we are born in this beautiful land, wonderful land. And again I must tell you, again with experience of having been to every continent, seen their beauty, all the things which are possible. But it's a sad thing that in India we have not been to many places in India which are so beautiful. Of course, partly we, we don't maintain it. It's, uh, and I must say, one of the first things which struck me was when I went, the school is kept very well and the bathroom was also very nice and clean. So that's something very nice. We don't keep the places well. But otherwise, every kind of weather, every have you seen beauty about India? You have the desert, you have the mountains, you have the sea, you have the rivers, you have forests. Every kind of thing, you have the bullock cart still and you have the mangalyan. You will yet find the person who in the rustic, we call in our false pride, rustic, who is no less wiser, maybe more, still drawing waters from the well, his natural gymnasium. He doesn't go to gymnasium. This is natural exercise and you will see the most high technological development. It's an amazing country. It's something so beautiful. If you look at the length and breadth of India, the types of humanity, the language spoken, the costumes, the customs, full of richness, variety, color, as if the entire nature is at festival. 
I keep telling my European friends, come and stay for some time. Then you will, oh India is so much noise and all. Yes, I said, your silence is the silence of the grave. Feel the noise and color of India with, when you come, wake up in the morning. There will be symbols, those hartal in the temple. There would be the dudwala <laughs> and there would be kolam or rangoli outside. I said, feel that... Uh, beauty of nature blending itself as if it's enjoying and it's not just this and with all this beauty all this riot and excess of color and smells and noises and voices you will have two extreme visions one of Shiva abandoning everything Trans held on the summits of the snowy summits of the mountains, abandoning the entire creation. What a might it requires. On the other side, Krishna in the chariot through the battlefield. Another vision. What a wonderful land this is. Just to be born, just to know about India, to study about India, to breathe India, is itself to be liberated. If we do it with, of course, all the gates of the senses. But unfortunately, we read India through the European lens. How will they know about what wonders lie here? For them the world is just matter. Material reality is the only reality. I am just my body. If that be the case, then of course there is nothing much to be happy about, either India or anywhere in the world. If we are just a body, but it's India which teaches the lesson that we are not just the body. Body is just an instrument. There is something much greater within us. We need to discover. We can discover. We can become that. It's the only country which teaches the great lesson. God is not out there. He is out there also. Okay. But He is within us. We are that. We can become one with that. What a, can there be anything more empowering? People often speak about women empowerment. Men empowerment will come. Soon. <laughs> Naturally, after the women empowerment, now men will say, I we also want to be empowered. We didn't know that there is something called as empowerment. Of course, there are a lot of excesses done. But what is really empowerment? Empowerment is to know that the divine is in us. The creator is in us. The source is in us. Can there be anything more empowering than that? Can one be ever afraid anywhere in the world? If one has awakened to this truth that there is the divine presence, the soul, the creator, no other land, no other culture, no other religion, no other ideology gives this kind of teaching. That there is the divine presence, the source within us and we can become one with it. So powerful it is. So I am both happy, proud and grateful to be born here and really, um, uh, you know how Swami Vivekananda, when he had come all the way after his travels, they asked him that, you have, you know, you, uh, you had seen India and you had all the going gaga praises about it. Now that you have seen the West, what do you have to say about India? He says, India was always dear and sacred to me. But now that I have seen Europe, I must say, and America, that even the very dust of India is sacred. It was just this experience that I had when I was coming back from the US, my first trip. This is the experience Shubindo had when he comes, vast, calm, descended upon me. Mother India greeted him. When he lands up, 
at Apollo Bandar in Mumbai. He says, a vast calm descended upon me. These are the gifts of India. Eternal treasures. But then where is India located in the larger context of the earth? What is earth? Shubindu reminds us, the mother tells us, earth is a very special place. If we look at Carl Sagan's documentary, then Luko is not less than a dot. It's true. But there is something happening on this dot, which has the ability, something on this dot has emerged, which has the ability to say, in Shobindo's words, one of his poems, I have wrapped the wide world in my wider self, London and Tokyo and Paris, my spirits seeing are, in me, Arcturus and Belfajor burn. What are Arcturus and Belfajor? They are two constellations, group of stars. You can arrive at that state where you can experience the universe within you. What a strange possibility. So, earth is a very special place, a place where it's the original laboratory of God, let me put it like that. (laughs) And the most happening place where out of matter, as if magically many things are coming up, one after another, we call it evolution. But from the point of view of yoga, it is manifestation. Something is there which is expressing itself. Manifesting. You know what is manifestation? A writer has the poem in his heart. Nobody knows it. Maybe even the writer doesn't know it. (laughs) He feels an angst. And one day he picks up a pen or a pencil or a typewriter and there it comes. What is the poem? It's a manifestation of what was inside So this world is an objectivization, a manifestation and in that earth is a very special place. As earthlings, we are truly darlings of God. Because to be born on earth is to participate in that great evolutionary adventure. Isn't it? We don't read about evolution, no? Who gave the theory of evolution? Yeah? Charles Darwin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So have you read the Vishnu Purana which describes who are the ten avatars of Vishnu? Matsya, Kurma, Vara, Narsing, Vamana. Does it ring a bell? See? Evolution. But it is more than evolution. All of them are descents of the divine and they are fixing, stabilizing a form of life upon earth. Life in the waters, life amphibious, the crawling of the reptile, the flying of the bird, the emergence of the lion man, the primitive man, the man of the axe, Parshuram and Rama. The man who brings in an illumined light of calm, control, mastery on the rajasic nature and Krishna into the beyond with his peacock plume and 
Then finally, the divine upon earth. Look at it. Isn't it more complete understanding of the whole idea of evolution? So, what is happening upon earth is evolution. And each evolution is leading to a certain kind of change, transformation. What is education about? Isn't it about evolution at one level? Progress. We may use the word progress. Mother gave a very interesting mantra to be happy. Everybody wants to be happy, isn't it? Yeah, Without a doubt. So she says, but she says something very paradoxical. She says the aim of life is not to be happy. The aim of life is to progress. And then she adds, it is progress that makes you happy. Sit, waste a day, do nothing, lie down in the bed. Maybe we're comfortable, I don't know, it's not comfortable also, but still. <laughs> but after some time you become restless. But when you do something creative, let's say you paint, maybe you write a few lines, little sculpture, I don't know, or so many possibilities. Does a creative act give a joy? Isn't this joy of a very different kind in quality than simply sitting and, you know, gossiping and watching a television? Creative act brings a joy. You know it is creative by the very fact that there is a delight, a joy inside. So this is how one progresses, bringing out of oneself all the possibilities that are within us. That is the royal road. And school is just to equip us to bring out what is inside us. It, it, it equips us. What we do with this equipment is up to us. The school equips our brain muscles. What happens when we study through uh, diverse subjects? It makes our muscles of the brain, helps them to grow. It's not about marks. Marks are, uh, well, uh, <laughs> I don't want to disappoint. They are the least important part in the whole thing. <laughs> so... Uh, there is a story about a man who was, you know, climbing a mountain and suddenly encountered a rock. So he prayed to God, tell me what should I do now? Should I go back? So a story, take it like a story. Huh? Not that God doesn't speak, but he doesn't speak on all kinds of <laughs> things suddenly. But anyways, he felt an impulse inside that as if God is telling him, push. Okay. He pushed. How can you push that to a rock up, uphill? It didn't work. So he prays again. Push. Pushed. Failed. He tried it several times. Then for, I think on, on the corridor also, no, there is something like pushing yourself somewhere I saw a writing. Anyway, so he pushes and finally says, God, you know what? There is something wrong with you. Just wasted my time and effort and energy. Now it is late night. I should have returned back. What kind of a nonsensical task you put me to? All this work marks zero. So he sat there. He said, it is meaningless. Eh, complaining God, his world, his ways, everything. Then there was morning. He woke up. And suddenly he saw there was a little passage on the side. There was no need to push the rock. 
Now he is doubly angry at God. He goes through that passage and says, Look here, you make a fool of everyone and you have made a fool of me also. You are an expert at making fool. Then God smiles and says, Look, where are you going? He says, I have to go to the mountain. Are you strong enough to go there? What do you mean? He says, you will get breathless when you climb. You are climbing the mountain without preparation. This pushing has equipped you. Now you climb. You can run. I was helping you to gain in strength. When adversity comes, then it is helping us to grow in strength. When success comes, it is a reminder or a test to see whether we are growing humbler or not. Success should bring humility. Do you know why it is very paradoxical? 99.9% I should be proud. Every person sincerely knows <laughs> something else. It's not this. People often ask uh, about doctors, my medical profession. They come and thank Dr. Saab, so nice, you know. Your medicine cured me. I said, look here, first of all, I never invented the medicine. It was invented in some laboratory. And the healing part is God's credit. I just memorized and wrote a prescription. Maybe I prayed to God. Every prescription I write, I try to be as artistic as possible. Genuine art, so that people can read it, you know. Not the chaotic art. <laughs> and my only credit is when patients say, Doctor, your handwriting is very Your handwriting is good. I say, thank you. That's the only thing that is mine. Cure is the divine and this too. Uh, you know, the credit goes, actually, uh, well, it's in a side short little digression. But I must tell you, I had like, I don't know, many of us... Um, and I think children have very good handwriting, but mine was not. It was okay, so-so. I don't know, when I started reading Shuravindo, I don't know why till date, I mean, now I can give an explanation. My handwriting changed. Automatically started changing. Many of the strokes, not that I have read the writings, writings written by Shuravindo and the mother, but I have read all of them, but in printed form. So it began to change. Then I took a little interest in what handwriting indicates. And then I realized basically there is a secret. The secret I want to share because it is the shortest way to the sunlit path which uh, you are mentioning sir. And the shortest, shortest path is we grow into the likeness of someone whom we love. We don't know the power of love. Nobody teaches us. Hmm? In school we have all the subjects. Love is regarded as something, don't talk about it. Dangerous. It is dangerous, no doubt about it. It is dangerous. It's, it's the most tremendous energy. If you don't know how to handle it, it can completely crash because it's such a powerful energy, the most powerful energy. You know, there is a very famous book, I mean well-known book, by Dante, I have heard, must have heard about him. So, at the end, you know, there is this girl Beatrice who has come to save him, ferry him across. And he asks, why did you come all the way, take the trouble to help me? 
and she says for love the love that moves the stars you read the power of love that weaves the stars the other day somebody was telling me about quantum entanglement anyways maybe some day you will read it uh, physics that <laughs> theory about that if you have an electron here measure an electron there and based on your observation here the other fellow behaves as if it's connected with this one here he said alukta have you read about it i said very well what is it i said it's love <laughs> so he said what do you mean i said it's the whole creation is woven into a one single fabric and that thread is love that's why it is interconnected it's the power that connects misuse it love can lead to crash land love something which is low base ugly there you go automatically gravity because love is everywhere love something which is high beautiful uplifting automatically it gives us wings so one should love not come to school or study or take a job because it gives money it gives uh, i don't know success whatever one defines with success that's a different story altogether love it doesn't matter succeeding or failing if you love something you will grow into its likeness love the studies you see that it comes so easily why should one love the studies because it's equipping me tomorrow to take the challenge of life school is to make us ready for the future so make of us the hero warriors we aspire to become and then she says may we fight successfully the great battle of the future that is to be born against the past that seeks to endure always in life this will be the two things what is the past the old way of life that is being referred to here the old way of life which was based on division ugliness narrowness selfishness meanness egoism that's an old way of life which looked life in bits and parts my sari should be more white than your sari in school how does it manifest how many marks you have got i must get more marks this old world if you read this book alice in wonderland there is a very interesting um little interchange so some of those who have run the race they ask dodo who has won the race who has come first and he says very philosophically all have won the race all have come first so beautiful no what does it mean we have to just keep on improving ourselves we are the ones who are running the race with nobody else and if we take that approach life becomes beautiful pursuit of excellence doing well not because somebody else is going to but because doing well makes us feel happy it is not about marks so to love the work love the field love life love life nothing wrong in loving life but if we love life truly much of the things that we do will not do because we know it is destructive to life somebody who loves life will never you know go to a beer bar pub and say oh i am so sick why because he doesn't love life that's why he's doing this <laughs> 
If you love life, you will say, okay, life is a challenge, doesn't matter. I'll take the challenge, I'll grow. That's called loving life. To live life fully. Love those with whom you are there. You live interconnectedness of life. And that's not just a little family, which is of course there. But everything around. But always this love must be in the background of, in Indian thought, there are several beautiful, priceless pearls and one such pearl which I would want all of us to always reflect upon is dharma. What is dharma? Someone was telling me, you know, in uh, we are in the West, we have a lot of individuality. I said, excuse me, there is a more than enough individuality in India. We are fiercely individualistic. He said, what do you mean? I said, see, your individuality is based on ego. I'll do what I feel like. That's not individuality. That's a weakness. I am driven by whatever pushes me. That's hardly an individuality. Individuality means making choices. This is what is individuality in the Indian context. I said we make choice based on dharma. Even if our parents, our society is against, is in adharma. We don't accept it. Fiercely individual. That's what the Gita is about. Stand by what is true. What is dharma? What is true? What is beautiful? What is eternal? It requires courage. We go back to the same thing, heroism. To stand for what is true and beautiful, to acknowledge that I made a mistake, that is dharma. Dharma is all that helps us to grow towards that great, wonderful unfolding of the divine. And adharma is all that stands in the way. It's not a moral rule, but is a law given in the heart. That's why it's called sanatan dharma. Is something which is deep seated inside us in the heart, deep in the heart. I can assure whenever there is a problem of making a choice, if you make a choice from here, you will see all the ways. That's how this, you know, sort analysis, pros, cons, and at the end of it, you are still sitting. Which subject should I choose? Because this fellow will tell you. The left brain will say one thing, the right will say another thing, and the left and right will quarrel. But concern the heart, deep inside, it never lies, I can tell you. It never lies. It shows us the way. But it's very difficult to follow that because deep inside, there's the original script of the divine, that is dharma. To obey that impulsion, that is dharma. So love, but always keeping the dharma in the heart. Not throwing it away. Love. Then love becomes dangerous. So this is one of the key things, many such key things. So great battle of the future. Something new is happening in this world. That's what Mother and Shubhinda have brought that vision. The larger context, what is happening upon earth. It is leading us towards something beautiful. And if we look at it, see one of the best news that Shurabindo brings. You know, people speak about Shurabindo in many aspects. Uh, yogi... Writer, poet, philosopher, all these you must have heard, no? Uh, heard about Shurabinda as a journalist. Shurabinda is a journalist. I see. Bande Matram, Karmi Yogi, Dharma. He was editing it. And what was the criteria of journalism? Truth, beauty, good. These are the three things. They are, they are inbuilt within human beings. 
if we don't allow the virus of too much this ambition and fear lure of apparent success then you see that human beings given i i mean it's i i have full faith that human beings have this goodness this regardless of anything everywhere you will find good human beings majority are like that but they don't allow this to unfold so there is this inherent truth beauty good and journalist must express it in his writings and everybody must express it so he says that this deep urge inside human beings whatever be the present situation in the world don't we seek a world which is beautiful full of peace harmony unity love strength wisdom or do we want the opposite kind of world deep inside will there be any two answers anywhere in the world and so will be same isn't it a beautiful world world based on truth that is the foundation vedic rishi said foundation is truth not anritham ritham truth is the foundation of this world so we all want but we are not able to do that that's what is adharma that's what is called deviation why we are not able to do it fears ambitions greed they come in the way lure for quick success easy money we have to once again bring back that and shubindu says that there is a future of the world why why there is a future why there is hope because in the very origin of the world there is the divine that is another very beautiful truth revealed by um, indian scripture what is it the origin of this creation it is the divine we have all have a common parentage regardless of whatever our divisions differences may be when mother was asked how can humanity become one she said by becoming conscious of the divine no other kind of ideology can make us one that is a great teaching of the sanatan dharma there is one the wise call by different names ekam sad vipra bahuda vadanti so to discover that one the power of the one who is everywhere in everything so that is the origin the origin is divine therefore it is the seed inside this earth therefore logically its culmination has to be something divine right now humanity is not divine it has divine tendencies all of us have something divine tendency it expresses sometimes when a mother loves her child instinctively she loves unconditionally all of us when she protects the child she learns to sacrifice goodness beauty there is there inside but it's buried to bring that out express fully in our thoughts feelings will impulsions very body is the future of the race that's what shubindu uses he uses the word supramental race we could even say divine humanity right now it is there as a seed that's why we appreciate wherever we see a breath of divinity most people do some resist and attack that is also because of a vicarious kind of uh, because when you have a divine being in front you feel threatened all the smallness he will destroy that was duryodhana's response to krishna but there is within us this divinity which is expressing itself and in the great unfoldment of time it will bring forth the divine which is in us 
And that is what is Shurabindu's yoga, the word transformation that was mentioned. It is to bring out the fullness of the divine possibility. In speech and thought and will and action and feelings, in the very body. And school, not only school, but the larger school of nature is a preparation to help in this unfolding. So, the great battle of the future. But past tendencies come in the way. And then she gives a promise so that, the, so that we may prepare ourselves to receive the new things. Very cryptically she is saying, there are new possibilities which have entered the earth. And we may be ready to and manifest them. Manifest is express them. There are new things which are beginning to express and what are these new things? They declare in the realm of ideas. The mother, mother had started something called as the new idea. Aidi Novel and she came to Pondicherry. New idea. What is the new idea? If you look at the... Uh, there are many ideas which are roaming around in this world. But what is the new idea? I won't say. Just try to catch it. What is the new idea? One of them, as I said, the possibility of divinizing the body. The possibility of divinizing humanity. The possibility of humanity evolving beyond its humanness. As Shubhita says, man is a transitional being. He is not final. It's a new idea. So there are new things which are waiting to manifest. New idea in the field of science. When we study science to marvel at the creation and see how they are all leading towards a state of oneness, towards the one. In the field of biology, in the field of music, art, there it is easy. In psychology, in health, in art and culture, music, poetry, language. What is the new idea in language? Have you observed a new tendency in language? It's a new tendency. The tendency is to be understood regardless of the words. Sign language, gesture, symbol here, there. The original language, the language of the heart, which we forgot. But there is this urge which is coming up inside. A new kind of language. Children often speak to each other that way. And parents don't understand. They are very uncomfortable. But it is sign of something which is happening. So there are new ideas which are trying to express in different fields. Health and healing. New idea. That I have within me all that is needed to heal myself. It's a new idea. I don't need... Uh, I may use an external aid. But that's an aid. The healing is going happening from within me. That's a new idea. Try it. And see it will make life very different. One is that there is corona and doctor can help me. Oh, ventilator, please save me. Prayer to the ventilator. Prayer to the oxygen god. Prayer to the doctor who was minting money. It was a very sad state personally. I, a degenerate state where people build three-storied hospitals in the name of corona. Okay? But the new idea will tell you, okay, I may take the medicine, 
But healing is by the divine within. He is all capable, almighty, omniscient. And if we start living life that way, then we'll see that automatically our life changes and grows into life beautiful and life divine. I don't know, I could uh, go on, but I'll stop here because uh, I think we have chatted a lot. (laughs) But if there is any question, one last thing about, I must say that in school context at least, two things I want to just share. One is that this idea of a classroom, new idea, okay, with regard to school. So, idea of a classroom where a subject is taught and then one goes into the world. This is an old way of understanding. Schooling is going on everywhere. You're walking on the street, you see a little squirrel, you see a little pebble, you see a little event. It's a constant learning process. More important is to learn to love to learn, to love to learn, to be a, become a seeker. Then one learns everywhere and from everything. All the time this learning goes on. I have learned from the most seemingly insignificant things. Suddenly it flashes, oh, this is a very profound truth. The other day, I was going to give a talk and they had to place the mic on top of a pile of books or some block and suddenly they said, no, no, this is not looking nice. Slightly you shift it because it's not perfect. So as they shifted, the mic shifted towards the mother picture. I said, see, something new we have learned. Bring things towards her, closer to her. In everything we can see, it's a, it's a joy. Life is ananda when we look at it like that. So schooling is everywhere. Now the new idea is universal learning. So children should be equipped to learn. And children, why children? Students, teachers, parents, grandparents. You know the first big advantage of wanting to learn all the time? You feel like a child and young. That's why I was saying, (laughs) we are all young. Why? Because if we want to learn, we are young. The day we say, oh, I have a degree. See, sir, my ident, my, what is that called? What is that card called? Visiting card. That means I'm a dead man. I'm finished. (laughs) Learn to love. Love to learn. That's what a child is about. Love to progress, to achieve the impossible. That is youth. And old person is, you know, in my time, there was this, that is old age. The moment you start hearing all that, you have to nod your head. You can't help it. Poor Dadaji has to, you know, in my days. But youth will say, what can I do now, next? That's called love to learn. So, schooling is universal. Schooling is not just about memorizing subjects to bring out the knowledge which is inside us. That's what Vidya is. How does knowledge come? First through the senses. We receive something. The senses give us the first knowledge about about the form. Sense and the mind. But then there is something else within us which applies itself. I want to say something very different. And that difference is, there is a knowledge which comes through the mind and a knowledge which comes through the heart. The knowledge of reality that comes through the heart is called religion. The knowledge that comes through the mind is called science. They are not two antagonistic things. They are two different ways 
of discovering the one reality. They are not two different realities. See how beautifully you can integrate the two. They are not enemies. It's very simple to understand it. It doesn't require any, uh, any deep thinking. When I am sitting and uh, let's say in a classroom where the same teacher is teaching, then one kind of knowledge is flowing through him, one kind of interaction. When the person goes home and his wife says, Suncho, Then you see the different person comes out. Ha ha, balloon. Then you see another person comes out who is different in interaction. So what is that? That is something knowledge. The heart tells my wife, better be careful. Better listen. In the classroom, you listen what I am saying. The man changes, flips over. Knowledge of the heart brings you another reality, the joy of love. Of surrender, of acceptance, of giving happily. So this is a different approach to knowledge. Knowledge is not just by the mind. Every bit in us can receive knowledge if we are open. Okay? And there is of course a higher knowledge which comes through the deeper soul. We need to access that. And the third thing is very often in school we talk about discipline. And you people are really, I must say... 100% marks on discipline and this something so amazing. I always wonder how do people sit in the audience and listen. Um, I mean, <laughs> for so long. But then all credit. So, what is discipline? Discipline is taken as drudgery. But I don't know whether you have seen the movie Black or not. It's about a blind girl who is taught. So, she says, I will not use the stick. And her teacher, Amitabh Bachchan, he tells uh, her, you know, this will not make you dependent, it will make you free. To understand that this discipline is empowerment. It makes us free, strong, capable. Why? Because discipline in one word is channelizing your energy at your will. You are the master. That's what a Swami is. Swami has nothing to do with wearing an orange robe or this robe. The master of oneself is a Swami. Swaraj comes from that. Samraj comes from that. He extends this mastery onto the world around. That is Samraj. So disciplining is not a drudgery. It is to teach us to channelize. It's a kind of tapasya. So these are some of the thoughts which I am just sharing. It's an endless subject. I don't know whether um, we have question answers or not. But for the moment I will just pause. Press the pause button. And thank you so much, all of you. It's such a joy always to see children and teachers who are like children. That makes it really good. Not very serious faces and, okay, your face can tell what the inner state is. Okay. Last thing, don't take life too seriously. You may just wonder what I am saying. Why? Because when you take life too seriously, when then very often you give importance to events which have very little importance. And you lose out on events which are of real importance. 
two steps to regulating worries. Step one, don't worry about small things. Step two, everything is a small thing. When you contemplate the boundlessness of creation, the great journey to make myself explicit about what I am saying is, when we go to Pondicherry, I am taking this example. Now things are different, but when I went first time and landed up in Chennai and the persons there will not speak to me in any other language except Tamil. Now I have to give my bag and I don't know what to do. What is he asking? Then I relied on my heart. I said, God is giving me enough as an Air Force officer. It's okay. The fellow needs some money. It's fine. I don't mind. I know he was cheating, but it's okay. At least, you know, he deserves. So I <laughs> went. <laughs> he deserves for his craft and ingenuity of fooling me. <laughs> and he said, illa. English? No. Only Tamil. It's okay. <laughs> so, uh, sometimes you feel very harassed. Are you, at least for the sake of, you know, this world is a unity. Learn few languages. What is there? <laughs> so anyways, I, you go, you are tired with the whole journey. So many things happen on the way. Train gets, chain pulling, this, that happens. But what sustains you through the journey? Oh, I have to go to the ashram, I'll be at the samadhi. If that is not in my mind, then I'll start giving importance to every little thing and start panting. Oh, this happened, that happened. I've met people like that also. Oh, you know what a terrible journey it was. I said, it's okay, you're here now. (laughs) Focus on this where you have reached. So the most important thing is not what we are, but what we want to become. And what we want to become, we'll become depending on our faith and aspiration and will. So while it's okay that events will happen, marks will come, go, all this, classrooms will change, teachers, friends will change. But the one thing which will stay with us is what we want to become. That's what is the called as the aim and the goal. And each of us will end up becoming what we want to become, persist with it. Stay with it. The greater the goal, the vaster the goal. Of course, the greater effort is required, but the greater the joy. The smaller the goal, less effort. Some people speak, seek that less effort. Please read Shurabindo's article on Burju and the Samurai. So, lesser effort, small little aims, little happiness, little sorrows. Well, That's one kind of life. But then we grow old very fast. The secret is to seek something which is very challenging. If you want to climb Mount Everest, doesn't matter, at least you will climb till Kanchanjanga. Be happy. But if you feel that, no, no, I'll climb that hillock, maybe even that will be difficult. Okay? Let the aims be vast, let the toil be great. Durgastro, that is what Shurabindu says. Make us Mahat Prayasi. Let us not seek things which are very small, very this easy life, comfortable life. Seek that which is true, great, everlasting, beautiful, eternal. Okay, thank you so much. Vande um, Matram. Yes. Yes, yes, I am always happy.
Questions are always welcome. Yes, please. If anyone has any question for sir, any members of the audience, teachers, students. Yes, please, please. Rohit, you would like to come up here? Ah, sir. Ah, please, please ask, sir. Please ask. Huh? Please sit and tell me. Yeah. Yes, some. In our daily life, I have observed what you have spoken knowingly or unknowingly, we try to pursue that. Yes. In a sense, I don't know much, but I have read. And from that reading, sometimes I have not understood. But always I was hunting on those things, such as Eko Ushmi Bhushan Yes. Unity in diversity. Yes. Appalling immensities of the universe. Yes. Is also a truth. That is the diverse situation. But when we see Shiva Shakti, the dances, the mudras, Indicates pure mathematics. Yes. That's what I try to pursue that. And in a sense, the courage and faith progress what you have just now speaking. I was trying to correlate and I enjoyed very much. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yes, uh, child, you can step up. You can come forward and maybe, yeah. 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 So, first of all, very good afternoon to you. Thank you. Thank you for the, the lessons which you have. Sir. I want to know that how can you uh, state about the difference or the compactness between the science and the spirituality? Okay, wonderful. So, uh, of course, a big subject and I, I myself also written a lot about it. Uh, the question is about science and spirituality. What is science at its core? It's a seeking for truth. What is spirituality at its core? Seeking for the one reality. It's a just a name change. What is the method of science? Science pursues a method which today we call as objective. Meaning thereby I look at the world outside and I receive the impact through the senses. But science teaches us this is only an apparent reality. Science teaches us, you know. Nowadays we know that senses are just passing on packets of photons and vibrations. The mind is the sixth sense which brings it. We also understand that uh, the information that we get through the senses is very limited. This much is already science has progressed. 
सो आई स्टार्ट सर्चिंग फॉर द रियालिटी विच इज बिहाइंड द वर्ल्ड ऑफ सेंसेस थ्रू मैथमेटिक्स थ्रू वेरियस मीन्स बाई ऑगमेंटिंग दैम थ्रू इलेक्ट्रॉन माइक्रोस्कोप सो आई गो वन स्टेप डीपर एंड स्टिल डीपर एंड स्टिल डीपर सो इन दैट सर्च साइंस एटलीस्ट प्योर फिजिक्स हैज रीच्ड अ पॉइंट वेर इट हैज एंटर्ड इन टू अ वर्ल्ड बिलो द वर्ल्ड ऑफ सॉलिड ऑब्जेक्ट्स एंड वेर इट डिस्कवर दैट इट्स अ वर्ल्ड ऑफ एन इनडिटर्मिनेट डिटर्मिनिज्म वॉट आर द रूल्स दैट गवर्न इट इट्स माइंड बॉगलिंग इट इज रीज दैट पॉइंट बट देन ऑब्वियसली वॉट इज इट बिहाइंड इट सो इट कीप ऑन डिगिंग डीपर इट इवेंचुअली इट हैज टू अराइव एट the deepest reality it's far from it okay why it is far from it because the deeper reality logic will tell us cannot be one reality in matter one reality in living things one reality in the pillar one reality in me that is a logical impossibility because source whether you call it big bang or no bang or silent <laughs> star or nad brahman doesn't matter it has to be one otherwise will be in impossible situation of many many things each thing has its own truth obviously it is going towards a unity of reality where the reality becomes unified you know even einstein even at the most physical level the unified field theory how all these forces can resolve into one so science is in pursuit of not just truth but one truth one reality with which everything else can be explained understood empowered you know what is brahman called in the upanishads knowing which all else can be known so how they pursued how does spirituality pursue it it says okay reality is everywhere but reality is also within me again logic so instead of going outward it turns inward now what is turning inward mean when we turn inward we see we have a subjective world inside people will see behavior but behind i know the thoughts feelings motives if i don't tell them nobody will know that okay so we enter into the world of subjective feelings thoughts then just like science goes deeper i go still deeper where is thought coming from you know there is a whole upanishad dedicated to that kena upanishad how does thought emerge shobindo's famous experience of you know 7 january 19 not Uh, 1908 very experience where the thoughts coming from observe you'll see that they are we are living in a sea of thoughts desires god knows what vibrations and we just catch them we are like receiving and transmitting organs where are they coming from then next step what is behind all this mass of vibrations which are floating and then you have to cut through a whole network of forces inside how do you cut through exactly as in science you probe deeper with the help of outer instrument here you probe deeper with the help of the instrument called concentration so to aid concentration just as in science you are seeking what is the truth here you to aid concentration you concentrate on truth on love on beauty anything because at the end you will find the same reality there cannot be a different origin of truth different origin of love different origin of joy any activity any modality any movement of nature pick up go deep 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 by the power of concentration let's take for example what is truth or what is love and as you go deeper and deeper by the power of concentration then one day the reality will give itself so you discover the reality 
through science, through this method you are trying to approach the reality and in spirituality by turning inward you are approaching reality. Are they antagonistic? No, on the contrary they are complementary. This does not mean I will not do that. That does not mean I will not do this. But which is more superior? Well, in a way, going within is easier. Frankly speaking, because you are your laboratory. You don't depend on an outside instrument. You are your laboratory and if one does it sincerely enough, that's why you see that yogis first touch that bedrock. Science is still moving, it will find. By its pursuit of truth, genuine science. Now, I am not talking of that science which fixes, uh, I have reached here and this is ultimate. That is not seeking. All true scientists know that what I know is nothing compared to what needs to be known. You know, Newton's famous uh, through the pebble. So seek truth, seek good, seek love, seek the origin of things. When you seek it outwardly, you will first touch the processes. Go deeper till you find the one ultimate cause. So there are three levels at which truth operates. One is the immediate cause. Why am I happy? If you ask the scientist, he will say, Oh, serotonin levels have gone up or down. Okay? Why are you feeling love? Oh, some hormone. But if you go, this immediate apparent cause, it's not even the cause, but I'm not going into that part. Then you go intermediate cause. Why this level went up and down? Oh, because I met someone and the person was so nice and kind to me. You go still further, you discover the original cause. So there are three levels at which cause operates. Cause and effect, which is what science is about. You pick up the effect and you trace the cause, isn't it? Effect is the phenomena. Same thing, it happens inside. You you have an effect. Why we behave the way we behave. Why I speak the way I speak. And you take this trail, you will discover number of intermediate causes. Oh, that person said this to me, so I got angry. Then you are still deeper. And then you discover, can I change instead of being angry? Can I give the reaction of forgiveness? Can I give the reaction of compassion? So it's playing with your inner forces. Just like science plays with outer forces. So also, when we begin to play with inner forces and learn to substitute one for another, combine forces and create an alchemy. Okay? So that's called spirituality. So spirituality is one way of experiencing reality, seeking it. Science as we understand today, this too is science, see that way and that too has a spiritual angle to it. Uh, spirituality simply means that there is one origin, you call it spirit, atman, whatever. So science is one way of discovering it, this is another way and the two are complementary, they don't contradict. Uh, religion is another matter that has a uh, lot of confusion between religion and uh, science but in India this problem was not there. Uh, because in India, religion and spirituality went together always. A yogi was always greater than any scripture. The guru, the word of the guru, he was a knower of Brahman. Uh, but then there are religions where there is a problem. Because you know, religion is fixed in terms of time, place and a person and a book. But if you take religion in the spirit of seeking reality through the heart then it's wonderful. Then you discover that truth is not just uh, dry, barren. Some people say it's very harsh. 
They don't believe when I say truth is delight and harmony. They say, no, 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 it's not true. I said, well, to start with, Ken Upanishad says so and that's my experience. Truth is supreme harmony and delight. But then it is a pursuit from another door. There are doors through which we can pursue reality. Science is one door, starts with the senses and uses the mind as an instrument. And spirituality is another door and through another means you discover the reality. They complement each other. Then you can even say this world is a robe of the spirit. Yeah. Yes, please. I can hear. You can please sit and say. I think I can hear. This. <laughs> yeah. Sir, I want to know one thing that we should have high aims in our life, but if you are highly ambitious, then sometimes our uh, we degrade our life. Yeah. Uh, Yes, thank you ma'am. Actually, it's a very nice question. I'll just touch upon that. Aim is not ambition. Ambition is something which is always with reference to someone else. Ambition is that I want to be there. Why? Because I covet that outer thing, the chair, the position, the money that will come to me or because somebody else, the prestige that I'll get. That is ambition. But aim is something which is intrinsic to myself. So that is the difference. Subtly ambition is a virus. <laughs> but aim is the original intent of the divine impulsion within me. We should discover it. Ambition distracts us. Desires distract us. So yes, aim is not uh, ambition subtly. Ambition, desire, they move at the same ground. They don't help us change or uplift. But aim helps us to change, uplift. That is the difference. Yes, please, sir. Just, uh, first of all, I thank you for your uh, very engagement uh, in this lecture. Uh, and I just want to know what you are telling that this discipline we are, what we are getting in the school, regarding the students also. They have some discipline or some enhancement in the school. While they are going out of the school, they are in the next Yes. Their environment is changing. Yes, thank you so much, sir. So, this is a very valid point. That's what I was going to refer to, but I skipped this step. That just as healing is not, doctor is giving medicine and the patient is healing, his environment is important. So, similarly, education, learning, teaching, it's a matrix. So, the teacher, the student, the atmosphere and of course the parents, the society, the milieu. All of them are factors which have a role to play. And second thing that well, even if we say parents will say no, we also understand, we try. So how you should try that is also important. For example, one of the things today is media, social media. So recently I had this question and I had given a talk, it, it will be available on Aroma. Social media and spirituality. So, there are tools which have come up today. Gadgets, tools. And students, they must be class living. Education should be connected with life. Where they must understand 
and grow conscious about the things. What happens sometimes we skip a stage in disciplining process. For instance, we see parents saying, uh, too much time you are spending on TV. Now we have skipped a stage. What is important to sit with a child and understand what happens when you watch TV, what programs, what is their impact, caging effect. That means we have to also be, for instance, there is a caging effect. If you are less than six feet near a television, it has an impact. So if you are watching a horror scene, one second, you may think it's a horror movie, it is meaningless. No, the vibrations are still affecting me. It's not about this being real or unreal. So that is another dimension of reality. That's why when you watch on the television, something it affects you. Isn't it? You know it is not real. It is just a cinema. Still it affects us. So this idea of reality, virtual and real is now getting blurred. Reality is not just what is objective. It's also the subject's response. Together they make reality. So all these things we need to discuss with children. Uh, and I do believe that in every school there should be something called a life education classes. It is not part of the curriculum. Curriculum is in its own place. And I am not sure whether governments and we should not wait for act of parliament. But something especially for the higher students, uh, class students. Uh, even if it's a hand group, but I think it's good if there can be a kind of discussion once a week or once in two weeks. Life education, what is money, what's relationships, what is media and so that they become aware. Now, once you are conscious, you make a choice. It's up to each one. But the choice should be based on consciousness. So, one of the things which is missing in uh, most places, I find is this, um, we live life very unconsciously. That's why, simple example, we, we have this prayer in the morning, no? So, what does this prayer really mean? What it means that new things are going to manifest? What is the meaning of hero warrior? So, all this we must become conscious and that has to be done through a kind of interaction. Then children are free. Each one will follow his own destiny, course. Some will, it will just pass off like uh, oil on, you know, quicksand. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but we have done our work. Maximum, that's what we can do. So there should be classes where they uh, have a life education classes. There are schools I know they have started. Healing. If there is a illness, for instance, there was all this corona, to understand it from different perspective. Is there something I can do? If I have what is known as corona, is there my role in it? Or it's only all about ventilators and oxygen. So when we discuss, children become very conscious and they are the ones who will really apply it in life. That's what is required. Okay. Thank you. Oh. There is a child. Come, 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 come. Please come. So, uh, you Selfishness is not giving up everything like a sannyasi to anybody. And you know, I had a friend who one day got into this mood of giving up. So he packed all his things in his Maruti car and he gave to any poor man on the road. And he came very proudly to me. I have given everything. I said, you are still owning the car. So, <laughs> it doesn't mean that. Giving up and is a selfishness is an attitude with which you deal with things. 
This is my pen. Is my. This is a pen given to me. I must take care of it. Why? Because it's a gift from the divine. It's not like you are throwing it away. It's not my pen anymore and so therefore I pass it on to any person. No. It is given to me. This what applies to pen may apply to a kingdom. It's a kingdom. I am a trustee. Now I have to be far more conscious. It just cannot be that I will run it according to my marji. I have to run the kingdom as a trust from divine, from the people, call it whatever. But I'll be much more conscious in dealing with it rather than making use of it for my selfish interest. Okay, so there is a change inside that is required. This is my wife, my husband. You better listen to me. That is selfishness. This is husband or wife. Destiny has given them to be near me. I must do my best to help them grow toward their own great goals. That is being unselfish. Which is better? So like, does it count if uh, you have selfish motives but the aftermath is empty and helping people? It's not helping also. It's an attitude. Say a child, like you have a child, you anyways have to look after the child, no? If you have a child. So one way, one attitude can be when the child grows up, he will look after me. What is that attitude? Selfish. Why will I be weak? I'll need my child to grow up and look after me. No. Okay? That's strength and courage. If he looks after, fine. But that's not why I'm making a child grow up and study. The other attitude is this child is mine for like, okay, but given to me. Now I must make sure that the child gets all the possibilities to blossom fully. Whether he is at my service or better still something higher, greater. So my work changes. The child is still mine. I have to take care of his needs, food, everything I have to do. But the attitude is different. So selfishness or being unselfish is an attitude. It's not about outer act. It's not like you have to help people. Of course, when you are unselfish, you automatically help. But it's not helping meaninglessly that I'll go to orphanage and give all my clothes, I have extra money. That is blindness. Giving money to orphanage is not necessarily helping them. Just throwing money to the poor, it's not helping them. It's actually making them tamasic. You see, any society which does not cause the real reasons for poverty... And only believes in free, giving free things, is actually making the society degenerate. Why is it doing it? For name, for whatever reason. Politicians do it for votes. But that's not healthy. Educate, make people grow, conscious, let them face life, the rigors of life, challenges of life. Nothing wrong with that. So, help not the way we understand. So, which is more helpful? Empowering a person or giving something free? Exactly. That's where the answer lies. Okay? So be unselfish and empower. In fact, people who give like that, so-called help, are extremely selfish. They are egoistic. They want their names. Even they will give in temple and they want their names. They will give uh, funds in their name. Why? Because either they want words, they want names. Sometimes I've seen funny things on a bench. Written. Srimati so and so ke naam par who doesn't know you know people don't even know who this Srimati was nobody likes to sit there except crows having a meeting now that's a blindness okay blindness is not an act of help 
हेल्प इज टू मेक पीपल लर्न हाउ टू हेल्प दमसेल्स दैट इज एम्पावरमेंट ओके सो दैट इज द बेस्ट हेल्प एंड दैट कैन बी डन बाई ग्रोइंग कॉन्शियस ग्रोइंग इन नॉलेज ग्रोइंग इन लव ग्रोइंग इन स्ट्रेंथ ओके सो दैट्स वॉट लाइफ इज अबाउट teaching them how to take the challenge of life rather than taking away all their challenges ah oh, that's okay <laughs> no nothing please carry on thank you i think there are no more yeah we will now have the closing song by the teachers thank you sir for your thank you